We're doing a study on making a stand with Jesus Christ, and this study is going to show us seven things you need to know about making a stand with Jesus Christ. Notice I'm saying making a stand with Jesus Christ, not just for Jesus Christ, because anytime you make a stand for Jesus Christ, you're actually making a stand with Jesus Christ. He's right there with you through the Holy Spirit. He's going to stand with you, and I try to give you stories that I've experienced over my Christian walk where I've made a stand, what I thought was making a stand for the Jesus Christ, for the biblical truth, and the Lord was there with me and gave me words to say, gave me strength, and uh, really worked, showed up in a mighty way. We found out why Jesus has a stand. Jesus has a stand to prove something and to do something. What you're standing for, we're standing for faith, our faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible, liberty, that's a great one right there, liberty. Biblical traditions, there's a good one. And to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Those are four things we make a stand for. Faith, liberty, biblical traditions, and to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, we found out, the third point we found out was standing is going to bring persecution. It's just going to happen. You make a stand, you're going to get persecuted. But I brought out the next Wednesday that the benefits of persecution, there's real benefits of being persecuted for the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it develops patience. That's great to have. Growth, that's even more wonderful to have. Growth in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the third thing, which is the one thing the world's missing, is real joy. It brings patience, growth, and joy. Now we've moved on to our fifth point, which is the forms of persecution. The forms of persecution. And what we, uh, we, we, we studied that where they're going to come from. The persecution is going to come from the world, the devil, the world, the devil, and yourself. You got those three enemies. The main enemy is, of course, your flesh, yourself. How are you going to be persecuted? And this is where we stop. There's seven progressive ways of this persecution. What, it's going, what I'm trying to show you is, is through the book of Nehemiah, is this, this persecution is going to start kind of light. And it's going to progress and get worse and worse and worse. And it happened to Nehemiah this way. And this is why we're doing this study through Nehemiah. First off, you're going to have a disagreement. People are going to persecute you by disagreeing with you. Why are you doing this? What's going on? I don't know if I really... And they're going to, it's not going to be an argument, but it's going to be just kind of a disagreement. Second thing they're going to persecute you by, they're going to laugh at you. No man likes to be laughed at that I know of. I mean, nobody likes to be laughed at. Disagreement, laughing, mocking. They're going to mock you, which is different than laugh you, laughing. When somebody's laughing at you, they're, they're laughing at you in a comical way. When they're mocking you, they're trying to ridicule you to get you to stop. Laughing is like, I don't want you to stop. It's funny. You're, you're funny. Keep doing what you're doing. M mocking is they're trying to get you to stop by ridiculing you in front of other people. And the fourth one, and we're going to start back up here, is it found in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1, is anger. They're going to persecute you with anger. But it came, verse 1, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1, but it came to pass that Sambalot heard that we, that's Nehemiah, builded the wall, they were getting the wall all done. He was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Now we looked at the mocking of the Jews and what mocking comes, but I want to show you there in verse 1 that the next step is anger. They're going to be angry with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you humbly, and I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us, Lord God. We want to know, Lord, uh, what we can expect, Father, as we make a stand, but we do want to make that stand, Lord. Give us the courage. Give us the strength, Lord God. And,
Father, make it real to us, Lord. And I pray, Father, you show up in a mighty way for anybody who tries to make a stand for you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you will be with them, and I know you will. And, Lord, show yourself in a mighty way. And you have in my life, Lord, and I know you will in theirs. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So, anger. You see there, Sambalot, he gets angry. Now, is that a form of persecution? Yeah. Because the quickest way to get people to shut up is to, have, is to get angry. Uh, I've, I've been around bosses, of course. I've worked all my life just like y'all have worked all your life. There's nothing like when the boss comes in and has an angry look. It's funny how everything stops. <laughs> you know, like everybody stops talking. Nobody wants to do what they're doing. They're like, uh-oh, the boss is angry. You can just see it on their face. And when, somebody, when you say something about Jesus Christ and you're like, man, I, I went to church and uh, I had a good, we had a good church service or I was with my church friends or you're talking about Jesus Christ and, and you look over there and somebody at work or at one of your family or friends has got a mean, angry look on their face. And you know they're not happy about what you're talking about. It's real easy to say, well, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. That's why they have an angry look. They want you to stop. And a lot of times what they'll do is they will say, stop it. That's enough. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. And they're getting angry with you. And that's a form of persecution. It really is. And... Uh, I've had, that, I've had that persecution towards me when I've given gospel tracts or when I've been trying to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had this mainly when I've been out street preaching. I was out street preaching in Brownwood. I was by myself. And I, when I go out street preaching by myself, I street preach. I have a Bible and I preach. I wait till the light stops red and then I'll say, uh, Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead, but Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. And I'll holler that out. And I'll quote scripture. The Bible says. And so I'll quote these stuff. Well, I had this church of Christ. I didn't know he was a church of Christ. But I had this man come around in the parking lot. And I saw him pull up over there. And I'm always watching my back when I'm by myself for sure. And I looked behind me. And the guy pulled up there. And he's like waving me. He's like, come over here. And there's an older man. But he's in this... Uh, nice car and I went over there and I got to the window and I said yes sir what can I do for you he said you need to stop what you're doing get in the, tr get in the car son I'm going to show you something and believe it or not I was gracious enough I said what, what do you need he goes let me show you out of the Bible what I mean I, and so I opened up the car of his door I left his door open and I sat down in the seat and he said I'm a church of Christ preacher I've been a church of Christ preacher for 29 years and what you're doing is wrong you don't need to be out here doing this and let me show you the scripture. See right here? And he already had his Bible waiting for me. He goes, read that right there. And then I read it and it said it was an accident. They went house to house. And he said, you need to be doing this house to house. You don't need to be on the streets. I said, well, what about John the Baptist? He was in the wilderness. He was preaching. He preached outdoors. Paul, he preached outdoors. Jesus Christ, he preached outdoors. Sermon on the Mount. He preached in the markets. And I'm making this point to him. He said, son, you don't understand me. You're making, you're making a dire mistake. You need to stop doing what you're doing. And so... What I did is I said, who do you reckon would want me to stop? The devil or the Holy Spirit? And his face got so red when I asked him that question. You know why? Because he, know he knows the answer. Who wants you to stop preaching about Jesus Christ? Well, it isn't Jesus Christ, amen. Listen, guys. I know this to be true. I'm evil, but I love my son. And when somebody comes up to me and says something good about my son, and starts telling me, hey, I remember when your son was doing this and doing No, tell me something good about him. There's not been a time in my life where I said, oh, please shut up. I don't want to hear nothing more about that. I'm always like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I kind of remember. Yeah, I remember when he, he threw that long touchdown pass. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, keep on, keep on. I can, I can hear some more. I can hear some more. 
I want to hear everything you have about him. That's who I am about Jesus Christ. When, so when somebody shows up and they tell me, don't be talking about Jesus Christ anymore, ah, makes me wonder if they really love Jesus Christ. So I pulled what Brother Eubanks pulled on the Mormons because I had read this and I remembered it. So I got out of his car and I closed his door and I said, you're of your father the devil and his deeds you'll do. And about that time, his face got so red, boom, he punched the gas and he peeled out and he peeled out of the parking lot and I'm watching him. So I walked back down to the sidewalk and of course I'm kind of like, my adrenaline is just going. You know? I don't carry a gun. I, if you ever see me street preaching, I don't conceal carrying. I don't even carry a knife or anything. I just put it all in the Lord's hands. So I get down there I sit down on the sidewalk and I'm in my adrenaline's pump and I look at that guy's car and the guy pulls out and pulls back in line where I'm street preaching. What does that mean? Sick him. <laughs> like this guy wants some more of this. So you know what I did? I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me. This is why I say anytime you make a stand with Jesus Christ, he gives you wonderful stuff. I start preaching and I say, you might want me to shut up. You might tell me to shut up. But I'm telling you right now, you could kill me. And the stones themselves would cry out, Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what I preached. And he pulled off, didn't even look over my way. Like that. Where did I get that from? Jesus Christ in the Bible. Amen. Remember when they, they were out there, oh, oh, Jesus Christ is coming in at the... At the, at the into Jerusalem, he's making a big triumphal entry, he's on the donkey, he's riding in, and they're all crying, Hosanna, 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 and the Pharisees came up and said, don't you hear what they're saying? Tell them to shut up. What did Jesus Christ tell them? I'm telling you, if they were to shut their mouth, the stones themselves would cry out. <laughs> oh, it's all about Jesus Christ. But that guy gave me an angry look, he gave me an angry yell. He told me to stop. He told me to shut up. He told me, I don't need to be doing that. I mean, his face was beet red. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. It would have been so easy for me to say, man, I, I don't want no problem. Amen? But there's something. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you mild-mannered people, and I know some of y'all are so kind. Y'all are nothing like me. Y'all are so kind and gentle and sweet. And I love that about you. But I'm telling you, Be careful. Because when you make a stand with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit sometimes gets on you and you don't want to shut up. And all that kindness and sweetness, it comes out and Jesus Christ comes out of you and you'll be bold as a lion. <laughs> and that little sweet, kind lady, you think whenever we're just roaring like a lion. I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. So I'm warning you guys, if you make a stand for Jesus Christ, you say, well, if anybody ever got angry with me like that, I would, I'd just shut down and go, go away. Uh-huh. You might just say something you don't mean to say. It, make, it brings boldness to you. When you make a stand for Jesus Christ, it brings boldness to you. It makes you bold. This is why we're, I'm even teaching this. I'm trying to encourage you. Give out tracts. Talk about Jesus Christ. Do those things. The world's not going to be happy with you. And I'm telling you, all the ways the world's not going to be happy with you. But I'm telling you, when you do it, you're going to be happy with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not teaching you something that I haven't lived. I've lived it, and I'm telling you, it's wonderful. And isn't it a great story to be able to tell that? Hey, one of the, and I, I can't speak for Brother Collins, but one of the first times Brother Collins come down there at the, at, at the courthouse, we're going to hold out signs there in Hamilton, and he had a sign, I think he picked a sign that had something to do with Israel. 
like I stand with Israel, or I mean, it was pretty tame. He had some lady pull by yelling at him, what about the billion dollars we give it? I heard her yelling at him like, you remember that, brother? I loved it. Now, I don't know if you did, brother. I can't I mean, I loved it. I'm like, all right. You got a good one. Yeah, I love it. I've been out there street preaching, just holding up signs, and I had a lady pry by, and she had, held, yelled her, had her hand out the window, and she said, lesbians live forever. I'm not preaching. I don't ever preach against homosexuality on the street, ever. I don't ever preach against sin. Very rarely do you ever hear me mention any kind of sin. What I do preach is Jesus Christ. I'll say, Muhammad is dead, Buddha is dead, Jesus Christ is alive, Jesus Christ is coming soon. It's always the same stuff. I don't ever preach on sin. I want to proclaim Jesus Christ. But she, in her mind, thought I was talking about lesbians or homosexuality or something. Lesbians live forever. I've had one of you like, you're a jack. Rear end. Yeah, I am. But I'm a jack rear end for Jesus Christ. <laughs> not for the world. I'm not denying I'm not an idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot for Jesus Christ. You're stupid. I'm stupid for Jesus Christ. Shut up. Stop it. Shut up. That's enough. That, that, the anger. The next one you're going to get is criticism. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. They're mocking him, making fun of him, but he's, he's criticizing what Nehemiah has done and what he's going to do. So the next step of this is the, the anger is going to bring out criticism towards you. You shouldn't be doing that. Like that, that preacher, that supposed preacher told me, you shouldn't be doing that. You're going to get criticism from fellow Christians. I've had Christians tell me there's a better way than handing out a gospel tract. What is that way? This is the best way I know. Listen, guys, there might be better ways, but until you find it, keep doing the way you know. Amen? And, when you, and it's amazing how much you get criticism from all this. You're doing it wrong. You shouldn't be doing it that way. You shouldn't be talking that way. You need to show kindness. You need to show sweetness. You know, there's nothing. What's, what's not kind about saying Jesus Christ is Lord? I've had people say that to me. People say, when you're out there street preaching, it's not, you're not being nice. What, what's not nice about Jesus Christ? Is it, okay, okay, is Muhammad dead? Yeah. Is Buddha dead? Yeah. Is Jesus Christ alive according to the Christian faith? Yeah. Well, what's not, true, true, true. I mean, what, what's not kind about that? They can't take it. And what they'll do is Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Turn to Isaiah 5, 20. Keep your hand here, but turn to Isaiah 5.20. Y'all know the verse. I'm going to read. I want y'all, if y'all want to, turn with me and I'll read it with you. Isaiah 5.20. Oh, they love this. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. One of, the, one of the major forms of persecution you will get when you stand for Jesus Christ is you will be criticized. And not only by the world, you will be criticized by fellow Christians. Even some people in your own church. Don't listen to them. If the Lord's laid on your heart to do something, whatever silly thing that is, and it might be silly to me, but it's serious to you, you do it. I've had so many people come to me and say, Brother Keegan, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking about doing that. Do it. 
You know why I say that? Because I don't want to be the one that tells you, don't do that. And the Lord said, oh, really? Pow! And kick me, you know, and kill me right there on the spot. I'm like, between you and the Lord, whatever. As long as it's not against the word, word of God. Amen? Sometimes some people are a little bolder than me. I mean, Brother Eubanks, you can't get any more bolder than Brother Eubanks. Nobody is more bold than Brother Eubanks. And he does stuff I would never do. And he called me out one time. We were going up to a basketball game to watch my son play basketball. It was, a, it was a playoff game, and we were going up there, and he rode with me. You know how Brother Eubanks is. He loves basketball. Rides with me, and he goes, I can't wait till we get up there, and we'll, we'll go through all the crowd in the, in the, in the stadium, and we're going to hand out tracks to everybody. And I said, Brother Eubanks, I don't want to do that. I just want to go watch my son play. He goes, well, I, I, I can't believe it. You're, 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 you're a lot younger than me, and you're a coward. That's what he told me. Call me a coward in my own car. He was right. I didn't want to. I'm like, no, I don't want to mess with it. The Lord was laying in his heart to do that. And he didn't do it. Now, Lord, forgive me. Hope the Lord don't judge me for that. But the point is, is that sometimes the Lord lays stuff on your heart. Just do it. Don't listen to other Christians. Don't listen to your pastor sometimes. If the Lord lays in your heart to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ, are you going to make a stand? Make a stand. There's all kinds of different ways. And what they're going to tell you is Isaiah 5, 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's the world. When you're trying to make a stand for Jesus Christ, you're trying to do something for good, they're going to call you evil. Christians will call you evil. You're starting trouble. You shouldn't be doing that way. That's... Well, I hear this, if I hear this one more time, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to puke right there. This right here. Oh, they're one of them hellfire damnation preachers. Uh, that church over there, they're just a bunch, it's a hellfire damnation preacher. Every time somebody says that around me, I say, well, what's wrong with that? I love that. Like it's bad to preach against, it's bad to preach about hell. It's bad to preach about damnation. That's what this whole Bible's about. We need more of it. Hey, we've had about 30 years of God loves you. God cares for you. God wants to share his love with you. Oh, please give it to the church. Can we all just get along? I think it's time for, we need some John the Baptist to show up with some bad looking clothes and to say, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. I showed you what John the Baptist was like. You come on down there. He said, well, I guess I'm going to repent. You come on down there. He goes, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? I like those kind of preachers. Don't mean I want to be under them every Sunday, but I like to hear them, amen? That's me. Criticism, criticism. I was reading this story about this guy walking along, and he's criticizing everybody. He goes, look at that evil eye on that guy. Look at, see how they look and how they're slumped over. See how they, they're, they got that evil eye? And then he went around the corner, and he's walking up there, and in his mind, he was thinking, that's an evil-looking one right there. Look at the evil eye on that guy. And he got a little closer, and he's walking right to a mirror. You know, that's a true story. Not exactly, but that happened to me. I was up, I believe, in Abilene, Texas. I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't for sure if it was San Antonio or Abilene, but I was in the, one of those malls. I was walking up. I was with my family. I was walking up, and I'll never forget it. I walked by, and I just glanced, and I saw somebody out of the corner of my eye, and I said, man, they got an ugly look on their face, and I kept looking, and it was a mirror looking at me. And I looked at myself, and I was like, what? And I had the most disgusted I like, do I really look like that? 
I mean, it, I mean, I know I'm ugly, don't get me wrong, but do I really look like, I mean, I look like I was ready to kill my mom or something. It's like, what is going on here? I honestly, it bothered me so bad, I repented. I said, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I'm supposed to tell somebody about Jesus Christ? You want Jesus Christ? You know, I had that just sour look on my face and everything. Something's wrong with my heart. You know what? Now that I look back, there was something wrong with my heart. And the Lord had to get something out of me. But the point is, is that sometimes our criticism is just a reflection of ourselves. You don't want to be criticized, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Anybody that somebody is going to get criticized. I've been criticized up here. If y'all been coming to church, somebody's probably criticized you. You might not know about it. It's probably been behind your back. I would call them, but they're at church. And I know that, you know, hypocrites. I'll wait till they get out of church. It's around all those. They're criticizing you. People criticize us, right? You're going to get criticism. There's a preacher, I read a story, a preacher had a book, and what he'd do with this book is anytime somebody called him and said, hey, uh, complaining about another church member, he would say, I've got this book, it's called Church Complaints, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you write in it your complaint about this member, and then I want you to sign it. That way, when I, when I, ha when I bring this to the church, I can bring it to the church, I'll know what your testimony is going to be. He said he pastored for 40 years, he opened that book up a thousand times, but nobody ever wrote in it. <laughs> I wonder why. That's how people are. They'll criticize you, but they'll do it behind your back. But sometimes they get brave enough to do it in front of your face. And what that is, that's the devil working his way out, trying to get you to stop, shut up, don't talk about Jesus Christ, don't make a stand for biblical traditions, don't make a stand for your faith, don't make a stand, just shut up. And I'm telling you, there's been times in my Christian life that I did. That I said, hmm, I don't want no more trouble. Because it's trouble. It's trouble. It's trouble in the family, trouble at work, trouble at the grocery store. It's trouble. But sometimes you just get right up to about here and you're like, I, got, I can't take it. I got to make a stand. You know, we show grace, amen. And we show grace and we let it slide and we let it slide and we're like, you know, I'm a sinner just like they're a sinner. And then there's times where you're like, no, no, I'm not, it's not sliding today. Hey, I appreciate y'all not talking that way around me. I don't want to hear no more of those words. I don't want to hear no more talk like that. I've had to say that. Because people just, they just keep taking it to another levels. Me and a brother in here have talked about that. Being at work, when you work around a bunch of men, you know what I'm talking about. It's never, it's never ending. There's so much good in the worst of us. There's so much good in the worst of us. The most amazing thing is when you study serial killers, they always say, he was a good neighbor. I loved him. He was such a nice guy, and he was killing like 20 women or something like that. The point is, which is scary, guys, in the worst of us, there's good. You know there's some good in Charles Manson? There was some good in Hitler. Amen. And you know some of the best of us? There's some bad. There's so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it hardly becomes any of us to talk about the rest of us. Let's chew on that for a little while. My favorite saying is the mom and dad riding home from church and the dad was complaining about the preaching. The preaching was no good. The, the sermon was no good. The mom got to complaining about the music. The music wasn't done right. They didn't play the right kind of songs. And the little boy's in the back of the car seat and he says, yeah, dad, but for, for only five bucks, that was pretty good. 
Now, some of y'all might not got that at first. He saw his dad throw five bucks in the offering plate. My, my point to you is this. I'm not, I'm not judging what you put in the offering. That, that parable, that story, which is not a true story, just has nothing to do with what you're putting in the offering plate. What it has to do is to show you that the lot of people that are complaining are not putting their money where their mouth is. And that's what, my, that's what I found out in my, in my ministry. The people that come to me and complain and bellyache and gripe and criticize, they're not tithing a red cent. <laughs> they're not giving a penny to this. It's amazing. Let me tell you why. When you're given a lot of money, you have a heart that you want it to work. Does that make sense? Like, when you're putting your money on something, You've got the best intentions. And you're, you're not critical in a bad sense. You're like constructive criticism. In other words, if you say anything, it's like, I want this to be better because I want this to work because I'm investing in this. And the reason why some people want to tear stuff down is because they hadn't put a red cent in it. And if you put a lot of money into it or if you put a little bit of money into it, you've got an investment in there and you want to see it work. And the people that don't put their money where their mouth is, they tend to be the ones that will be the first ones to criticize you and point at you and say that. And, lie, and always keep that in mind. Always keep that in mind. Some of the worst critics I've had at this church don't show up every Sunday. And thank goodness they've moved on. But they'd be the worst critics. Call me at home, cry, criticizing what I said, criticizing how I said it, criticizing what somebody said at the dinner table. I wasn't even around at the dinner table. Criticizing, just critical, 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 critical. And thank goodness they went on somewhere else to be critical. I had, so I had a member leave and they left and they went on to another church. Praise God. Bless you. If you want to go on, that's fine. Went on to another church. Last time I talked to them, guess what? They didn't do things right out there either, so they moved on to another church. One of these days they're going to find out that maybe they're the ones that are wrong. And they just need to settle down and settle in. But you know what, you know what changed in me? Not a stinking thing. Because you can't change me, and I'm, a, I'm an old dog. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks. This is the only trick I know. This is it. If you don't like me, it's not going to get any softer usually. I mean, I get kinder sometimes, but it's it. Read the Bible, study the Bible, proclaim Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about in my mind. And that's where it's going to go. Don't worry about the critics. They're going to be there every day of the week. You know, when you've got critics, it means you're doing something. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Do you ever notice that the worst reviewed movies by the critics are always the best movies? If you ever see a movie that's really reviewed really bad, that's usually probably a good movie. That's my experience. Of course, I only watch the movies unless there's, like my wife says, I only watch a movie unless it has three things. Guns, knives, and killing. Now, that's not true, but it's pretty close. It's got to have a lot of testosterone in a movie before I'll turn it on. John Wayne helps. Clint Eastwood helps. Anybody else into that stuff? No? Okay. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 7. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 7. And we're going to close here. But it came to pass 
Notice what happens. But it came to pass that when Sambalot and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites, the Arabians, yeah, they're still around today, and the Ashlodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up. They were finishing it up. That the breaches began to be stopped. That they were very wroth. Uh-oh. And conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. So what happens is, the next step in, in this persecution is, number six is physical violence. That's something that none of us like to talk about. And I have never, I've never encountered that, that I can think of. I've had somebody threaten me with physical violence, but I've never had anybody give me physical violence. I've, had, I've been down at Mardi Gras, down in New Orleans, down off Bourbon Street, me and Chad Reese and Brother, uh, Brother Marowitz loves Chad Reese. We were down there, and Chad Reese was behind me, and we were holding up scripture signs. We were street preaching, and we're going to walk down Bourbon Street, go down. We're coming from Jackson Square. We're going to turn. And all these bikers were lined up. I mean, just, I mean, hundreds of them in this bar area. And they're all watching us, and they're like this, leaning. Well, one of the bikers come walking over there. And Chad Reese was behind me, and thank goodness he didn't talk to me. He went right up to Chad Reese, and he said, You're in the wrong blankety place at the wrong blankety time. And I thought, Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> He's about to punch Chad, and I'm about to turn around and defend our honor and get myself killed. And die for Jesus Christ. But he never threw a punch. Never threw a punch. But if Chad was any less of a man, you know what he would have did? What a lot of us probably should have done? And said, yes sir, I'm out of here. <laughs> Will you hold my sign? I'm gone, you know. And I wouldn't have blamed him one bit. It was scary. You, where were the cops? I have no idea. But you look up and there's a hundred of his guys. The guy probably has a gun or a knife on him. And we're over there in suits. Me and Chad, and we're, what are we going to turn around and fight a hundred of them? Unless there's a jawbone of an ass there, I don't have a chance. <laughs> and there's no Samson around, so we really didn't have a chance. The Lord took care of us. Amen. And I love that story. You know why I love that story? It's because we kept on going, and we got around the corner, and the people there, there was literally thousands, elbow to elbow, and we walked through with those signs. There's probably about 10 of us there, maybe 12. We walked through with those signs up on us. And, and the crowd split like the Red Sea. I'd never seen anything like it, just like this. And every eye I could look at was staring at the scriptures as we're walking through like this. Now, that was foolish. That was stupid. It wasn't very wise. But that's why I'm here today. Because that's before I was a preacher. And it gave me courage. So when I've had a biker come up and threaten me, and I've had the people threaten me, there's not a lot of looks y'all can give me that really bothers me. Amen? That's why I like it on the street. Because these people right by, and they're always brave when they're in the car. And they, what they'll do is they'll pull up, when you're on the street and you're street preaching, they'll pull up and they'll listen, and they'll wait till the light's green, and then they'll go, you're an idiot. You know? <laughs> they won't do it when the, when the light's red. because You know why, right? Because here's this guy on the street holding up a Bible. That guy's crazy. Now, you called me what, boy? You called me what? Go up to his car. You called me what? Me and Brother Ronnie have had them laughing at us down there. Like, <laughs> and all I do is I just point at them and start preaching even harder. It stirs something up in me. I love it. I love it. You want to have fun, excitement? You either join the Marines or go out street preaching. That's one of the two things I can tell you to do. 
and you'll have a good time in the Lord. Oh, right, but that's a good place to stop, guys. I've rambled and ran my mouth enough. Appreciate y'all uh, being here with me tonight, being up here with us, studying the Word of God. And uh, If you have never read the book of Nehemiah, I can't encourage you enough. Read the book of Nehemiah. It'll help you understand why I'm bringing out these points because you see that Nehemiah was sent out to build that wall and he had nothing but problems from his enemies, the enemies of the Lord. So, and it'll help you go. You can kind of get ahead of where I'm studying. And next week, we'll look at the last form of persecution and it's happening to this very day. And we'll look at it next, next week. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy, Lord. And I pray, Father, more important than anything else, Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, that they would just put their faith there, bow their head and pray to you, Lord, the best way they know how, and ask, ask you to save them, Lord God. And I know, Father, through your Holy Spirit and through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you will save them, Lord. And I thank you that salvation is so simple, Lord God, and it's just anybody can do it, Lord. And I thank you, Father, anybody, any man, any woman, anywhere can bow their head at any time. And ask you to save them, Lord, and you'll save them, Lord. And I know you're still in the saving business, Lord, and I do thank you for these people who came out tonight that just wanted to hear from you, Lord God. And I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit moved. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen.